Bible Church. It's very good to be together this morning. Uh, it's always a wonderful thing to come together, to fellowship like this every Sunday, to open God's word together, to uh, be encouraged by who he is and be reminded of, of what's true. And um, we're going to be starting a new series this month called Belong, where we're going to be talking about what it means to be a church, the church according to God's word, uh, what it looks like for us to live in relationship uh, with one another. And about a month from, from that, starting in September, we're going to start a verse-by-verse study in the Gospel of Mark, uh, seeing what we can see following through the life of Christ. Uh, but this is a season of beginnings for us as a church, and we thought it would be a good time to, to jump into what it looks like to be uh, members of one another, members of the church. Speaking of new seasons, I know that uh, unfortunately many of our educators are going back to work in these uh, either this week or last week. Uh, could we put our hands together to all of our educators out there? <laughs> However long your summer break was, I, I guess I'm the bearer of bad news to say it's obviously over now. Uh, yeah, I know my kids have been holding on to every last second of summer they can get, but uh, it's fun to start a new school year because it's a new journey for us too as a church. We align our calendar as a church uh, around uh, the school calendar, and so here we go on a new year together as a church. Uh, speaking of church, uh, believe it or not, uh, tomorrow will be 40 years to the day that Grace Bible Church had its very first service, 40 years to the day. Uh, something just incredible. I can remember uh, as a five-year-old uh, with those six families, uh, them, you know, painting a new place to, to gather, to invite their friends, to invite family, uh, as they started on a journey of saying, we want to be committed as families together to being a church, to open up God's word, to grow in Christ, and to share the gospel with others. And uh, my family was invited by some of these families to come be a part of that. And it was an exciting thing. Now, something else you, you may not know, uh, looking at me, but also uh, I'm not Hispanic. I don't know if y'all can tell that. Um, so, you know, moving down here, uh, uh, it was very different, right? I remember at five o'clock, uh, my family, my mom and my parents, you know, were grilling up some brats and sauerkraut, uh, and my friends were like, sauerkraut, what's that? You know, and, but the cool thing was we had dinner promptly at five every day, and most of my friends needed to like seven, so I usually got like two dinners. Uh, I had the meat to start off with and the fajitas later, so it was great. Um, but you know, being uh, from a different culture, being from the East Coast and Philly where my family's from, one thing that even though I was out of place in a way, uh, I immediately amongst uh, the people of this church felt belonging. I immediately sensed purpose and home and family and relationship. And so much so, I remember starting kindergarten and I remember, uh, you know, getting to know some people in the school. And, and, and of course, favorite class was playground time, recess. And very quickly, just started inviting some of my friends from recess over to church. And my school friends became my church friends because I just invited them to our church. And we, we did both those things together. It was just, this was where my home was, where my family was. 
And uh, I want to be real clear before we get any further into this message, because I, I want you guys to be ready for the end of this message. Uh, this series is about what it means for us to be uh, that type of family and what it means for us to officially say, this is my home. What does it mean to live as Christians and to be a church family? And so at the end of this message, I'm going to invite you to sign up for uh, what I like to call Grace Bible Church's Breakfast Club. Uh, I grew up in uh, the generation where this movie, The Breakfast Club, was very popular. And uh, we have what we call our new members workshop. And it's spending a couple hours on Saturday together at Grace Bible Church, but you're not in detention, all right? And uh, I call it The Breakfast Club because uh, I've gone to many of them. And you get to know different people from all different walks of life and bond and connect with them and understand what is it we really believe and what is it that we're really committing to is being part of the church. And uh, just like in, in a marriage, there's a difference between living together and saying, hey, no, this is my husband, this is my wife, we're married. There's also a difference between saying, this is where I attend, this is where I go, and saying, uh, biblically, this is where I'm a member. I, I call this my family. And so I want to let you know that's going to be really, as we open up these scriptures, what the challenge is going to be to us, uh, if we're already members, to recommit ourselves to that. And if you've never been invited, because we've never invited people, I think, officially in a sermon to become members, that's going to be the invitation of today's message. Um, so just want to get that out of the way so that you're not, um, so you're ready at the end of the sermon and everybody's going to sign up. It's going to be great, right? It's going to be amazing. We're, we're, we're not going to be able to contain everyone. But, you know, as I shared having this amazing sense of belonging in the church, and I grew up in the church from an early age... Uh, I can also say that I had moments in my life where I've felt isolated or alone. I wish I could say I just always felt that sense of belonging. But even having grown up amongst God's people, I still dealt with, I think, what we all deal with at different moments of our life. And that's, you know, some feelings of questioning our purpose or feeling isolated or feeling lonely. Um, we all go through some of those feelings. And maybe some of you guys are going through that today or we don't feel confident in relationships, or why God has us somewhere. Uh, and that's because though God has made every single one of us uh, to belong, to belong in his church as his family, and we're going to read, he's made us with a purpose. Every single one of us has a problem that starts right here in our heart of sin that has penetrated this world, that, that we're sinful, and uh, it sin pulls us away from others. And Satan himself wants to take advantage of any sins that are present in our life and sins in this world. And he wants to discourage us and distract us and to defeat us. So we don't really 100% commit to being members in God's family. That we kind of like a relationship, we pray relationship, but we never really get married, right? That we're not really who God's called us to be as his body. But the good news is, is that uh, God wants to draw us into belonging. And though 
we maybe have found ourselves at times outside of the family of God, or right now we're in the family of God, but we're struggling. He wants to encourage us that every single one of us has a significant part to play in his family, in a local family. And local churches, local families make up many uh, churches come together to make a region and his work throughout the world. But it all starts wherever you're at, joining a local church in your community. So as we study uh, what the Bible has to say about belonging, being members of one another, I want to invite you this morning to turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read together verses 1 through 10. So uh, we're going to be in the ESV. I'm going to have the verses on the screen behind me, uh, and I encourage you, if you want, get your own Bible out. And when I say this morning we're going to read together, I really mean we're going to read together. We're going to read this out loud. So get ready. I need you guys with me so I can hear you guys. The first service didn't get it. We had to start over. Um, but they already, they already failed. We learned from their mistakes. So I know you guys are ready. We're going to get going. We're going to read all this together, God's word for us. Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 10. And again, you can read along in your ESV Bible or the verses are behind me. Here we go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Amen. Thank you, Irene. Amen. Now, this isn't going to be, uh, you know, an expositional message, but I still want to go back, and now I'm going to read each of these verses and just pull out a few things as we look at what God's Word says about uh, being the body of Christ. Uh, this first verse here, uh, Paul says, I appeal to you. Brothers, sisters, family, I appeal to you by the mercy of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. There's this call to the church, that's who he's speaking to, to brothers and sisters in Christ, to be holy. And I have to tell you, church, I read these words as God has been speaking to me and reminding me of this in the last couple weeks. And, and I'm so encouraged and yet also have this, this reverence, which I know is God at work in me. 
The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. That for us to live our lives as God wants us to, that everything that we do starts with asking the question, Lord, does this please you? We're to please the Lord more than we're to please anyone else, especially ourself, especially saying, not just do I like this, does this entertain me, does this feel good to me, but Lord, is this holy? Is this what you desire? Does this measure up with what's good, with what's right, with what's true? And the, the wonderful news of the gospel and the wonderful thing that binds us together as a church family is that wicked as I may be, and the worst things I've ever done, and the propensity in me still to desire sin, and your worst sins, and your desire still to pursue things that are not of God, that Jesus Christ was not destroyed by my sin. He took on all the sin of the world, and he rose again, and the Bible tells us in the New Testament, death, where is your sting? So that we can come to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of these sins and thank you for the hope I have in you today because you have made me right with God through your son, Jesus Christ, and you are making me right. And you say in your word that you are making all things new. And that is what binds us together. Not that any one of us is better than another because in fact, we all are broken people that God considers his treasure. And we've responded to him saying, Lord, be my savior. But notice in the first verse there, uh, Paul says, I appeal to you, be holy. So he's not talking about just that initial salvation. He's talking to the church. Uh, God sets us apart before the eyes of Christ as forgiven once and for all because of the finished work of Christ. But uh, if you still notice, there's still sinful people here in this church right? And that's because uh, we are in the process of God still edifying us and sanctifying us and making us new. And we are called in God's word to daily surrender ourselves to God and pursue him saying, God, not my way, but your way. I want to be holy. Please forgive me for these things. I have, the Bible tells us, James, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. You are going to be tempted. I am going to be tempted in multiple ways this, this week to sin. And our mindset as a Christian is to say, when those temptations uh, manifest themselves, whether internal or external, to say, okay, Lord, no, what do you want? What is, how, how can I glorify you? And to pursue God uh, because he has made a way out that we would walk in righteousness. And so the call for us as a people is to be a holy people. He says in verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We are called to be imitators of Christ by the power of God's word, by the power of his spirit living inside of us, by the power of the community around us, sharpening us as iron, we are called to imitate Christ. And Christ did not come to be served, but he came to serve. And Christ gave his life up for others. And that's the same call that he invites me to do. He invites me to die to myself. And that is worship, 
to prioritize what God prioritizes. Because he continues to say here in verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. My propensity is to think highly of myself or to think of myself as is yours, as is all of ours. And God is saying, no, think of yourself the way that I see you. Loved, but broken. Everything that we have, all the gifts that we have, the redemption that we have, the victory that we have, it all comes through Christ. And we should be, and he calls us to be humble people. Humble people that don't condemn others with judgment because we know that God has not condemned us. We don't look down upon others, but we see other people with the same eyes that God sees them, no matter who we come across. People in the most humble serving positions in society are just as worthy anywhere else. We treat all people with the dignity that God bestows upon them. And so that's the way that, that, you know, God wants us to treat others. And, you know, you're going to be tempted or tested with this because there's sin. There's sin out in the world. There's sin in this church. Someone might have cut you off in the parking lot on the way to church today, and you judged them, and you failed. You failed, right? Because you're like, what is this guy doing? We're at church cutting me off, right? Sorry, that was me. Um, but you don't know. You don't know. We often don't know, and I'm not trying to excuse other people's sins, we don't know what someone else has been through in their shoes. We don't know what they're going through in that moment. And our call is not to respond to their righteousness. Our call is to see God's righteousness uh, offered to them and to treat them with kindness. And sometimes that means calling things out in a wrong, sure. But uh, to not be judgmental and dismissive, but to be loving the way that God is. And that gives us purpose. That gives us place. My family isn't here to serve me. I'm here to, to serve my boys, to raise them up, to serve my wife, to serve my coworkers, to serve the church. That is our purpose, and it, it makes us come alive. And that's the way we should approach our relationships. Is that how you've been approaching your relationships recently? Because that's the call of the church. Verse 4, so as in one body we have many members... And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The church is one body, one body, individually members of one another. Verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And he goes on in these verses to say, you know, use the gifts that God's given you. Prophecy, verse 7, service, teaching, verse 8, exhorting, uh, contributing, being generous, leading, mercy. Use the gifts you have in your body. Uh, there's these verses throughout the New Testament called the one another's. Tons of them. And they're the call to what it looks like <clears throat> to be the church. And, and that's what we're called to do, to care for one another, to minister to one another, for one another. Verse 9 says, let your love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast as a people to what is good. And love one another with brotherly and sisterly affection. Outdo each other in showing honor. Not in a pride thing, 
but in a humble way saying, I'm going to make sure that my church family knows how much I care about them, how much I love them. I'm here to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ. So what is Paul saying in this passage to the church? He's saying that we are all part of one another, that we're to be holy, we're to be humble, we're to think of others as one body, and that each of us has a very important part to play in this body. And he's talking about officially being part of God's church, the call to be part of God's church. I love the baptism classes that we have here at church. I love when people be become, are becoming baptized. We've been having um, you know, many baptism services because people are uh, coming to the Lord and accepting uh, what Jesus Christ has done for them and beginning this new walk. And when we go over baptism uh, before, you know, uh, baptism Sundays, we'll read through the book of Acts and many verses in the book of Acts. And you see this pattern in the early church in the book of Acts that when someone has a conversion experience, when they believe what Jesus Christ has done for them and, and accept uh, the relationship that he's offering, that uh, they're baptized, acknowledging this new life that they have in Christ, and then they're added into the church. They're added into the church and involved in the church, which is why we practice baptism as a church family, because it's acknowledging the work of salvation. It's acknowledging the new life that we have, but it's also saying you are part of this family. You're baptized into this body. We're literally described in the Bible as the body of Christ, here to care for one another and love one another. So when someone becomes a new believer, it's our job to come alongside them and say, here is the way. Uh, it's, I'm not trying to quote the Mandalorian, but right? You've ever seen that? This is the way. We are the ones here to say, this is the way and point each other in the way to go according to God's word. The, the author of Hebrews puts it this way uh, differently to the opposite side. He says, don't neglect being together. Don't neglect meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. We may tell ourselves sometimes, you know, it's okay, I'm just going to watch online or, or, you know, there's enough people serving or, you know, that church seems to be fine. Imagine if every one of us consistently said those things. We would stop being the body of Christ. We gather primarily in two ways here as a church. We gather on Sundays to exhort God's word, to be reminded of what's true, to fellowship, and we ask that everyone who's a member here find some place to serve, to make it possible, whether it's greeting or serving in the parking lot or ushering, helping people find their seats or coffee ministry or running the lights or being in the band or uh, watching the children. There's over 200 children that come every Sunday to Grace. And I can tell you, I first came to a relationship with Jesus Christ because when I was four years old, the teacher began explaining. All of us were saying, and I remember the time that I drew with crowns all over my parents' friends' walls when they were at a, at a party. And everybody found out later my beautiful decorations. And my parents were like, that's not right. You don't do that. I'm like, all right, yep, okay. You know, and I knew even at four that I had done things that were wrong. But God loves you and he wants a relationship with you and he wants to forgive you. It wasn't my parents. I mean, my parents were set in the foundation, but somebody just shared the gospel with me. And even at that age, I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to know God, and I continue to grow in it by being in the church. People serving the kids' ministry, sharing the gospel with our kids so they can come to know Christ. 
one of the ways we gather is here on Sundays and, and we serve, whether it's once a month or it, it's not every single week, right? Um, and then we gather in community groups. We gather in smaller groups. We can open the Bible together so that we can get close in, in applying God's word into uh, our lives. And so uh, the author of Hebrews is encouraging us, don't neglect these things. That's how we get together here. There's different ways that different churches get together, but we try to get together, you know, once a week in a smaller group, once a week in a larger group. And he's saying, hey, prioritize it, be there because uh, neglecting God's people, not being part of God's people matters in your life. It's important. Think about it, uh, the body as an illustration that Paul's giving. Think about it, you know, this might be a little gruesome, but if I chopped off my hand this morning and I decided I'm just going to leave my hand in a drawer at home uh, and I came here, is my hand still a hand? Yes, it is still a hand. But if I don't get a surgeon to reattach it to my arm fairly quickly, it's going to look all shriveled and it's going to dry up and die and it's, it's, it's not going to look right. And then, and then I'm now mutilated because I don't have my whole body and I'm missing part of my body that I need to function. And that's the same illustration that Paul says to us as the church that if we're not officially in a church saying, this is my church family and part of it uh, and serving in it. And then, you know, the church is, is deformed <laughs> because part of it, the gifts that you individually have are missing from that church. Uh, and you yourself will begin to die because you're not connected to the body of Christ uh, for the edification and the encouragement that you need. You know, another way of thinking about church membership uh, is, I, you know, I think about children and my boys. Um, you know, my life uh, now being a parent of a two-year-old and a four-year-old is all about that season. I mean, they're, uh, that from the moment I wake up or they wake me up is a better way to say that. So when I try to get them to go to sleep and they resist with everything in their, their soul uh, to, to not go to bed, you know, taking care of those boys. But, you know, my favorite part of the day is always when I get home from work and we just wrestle. And it gets intense and it gets uh, physical. And in fact, my four-year-old kicked me this week. And, and for the first time, I was like, oh, like he actually knocked the wind out of me. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I didn't get mad. I just thought, I'm like, good one. You're getting better. All right, I, I got to be ready. I got to be ready. I respect that. That was a good move. Um, but as physical as it gets, you know, for guys, it's like one big hug. It's like one big hug for my boys for us just to be together. I love them. And I'm their protector. And if we're, you know, at a park or somewhere, they're going to get in the car with me to go home because I'm their dad. Now, that's because I know they're my kids, right? <laughs> what if I just went to the park and just, you know, saw three or four kids and I'm like, all right, get in the car. Let's go. You know, and I took them home to my house. I, I wouldn't be here preaching right now. I would be over at the local sheriff's office uh, arrested because uh, that's not cool. Right? I'm a dad to my boys, but other, pe other kids have their parents. It's no different in the church. We need to know as a church, who's part of this church? Is this your church home? Is this where you come to be taught? Is this where you come to serve? Is this, is this you know, uh, your family? I can think of a guy, Dan Hawk. He was in Laredo for, I mean, tops four months. And uh, years ago, I was a youth pastor and he came on a Sunday, I think maybe a second Sunday. He said, hey, I wanna get involved in serving. Started serving in the youth group. Uh, did a bunch of stuff in those four months. And then, you know, his company moved him to another location. And in that time, you know, he, he, he was a member. He became a member of the church. He served and then and he moved on. And I, I'll never forget him because I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I mean, he was here in the blink of an eye and I still remember him to this day because he said, I'm gonna be part of the church while I'm there. And so again, today's message church is a call to you. You don't know how long your season here is in Laredo. This may be the place that your home where one day one of us pastors will be at your funeral. We'll bury you because this is your church family. Or you may only be here for a few short months, but the invitation of scripture is to be part of a body, to say, this is my family. This is my church, to be part of it. Uh, You know, like I said in the beginning, living together with somebody and being married, they're very similar, but they're two different things. One is making it official. This is my husband. I'm committed to this person. This is my wife. And attending church and being a member of church, it's the same thing. They're they're very different. Now, this is not a drive-by guilting sermon, okay? Rarely, rarely do we ever, if ever, talk about church membership here on Sundays. And we've been feeling convicted as leaders that we need to talk about it more to properly shepherd and be the body that we are. We need to know who, you know, who is saying, yes, I'm in. I'm in on following Christ here. And and so you may have never heard of this term before, this invitation before. Uh, whether you've heard it before or you're hearing it for the first time, It's an invitation and a challenge to all to accept that call of Christ. I love how the theologian Alistair Begg puts it. He says, the entire New Testament is about being in Christ. And if someone says they are in Christ and not in church, then either they are not in Christ or they don't understand what it means to be in Christ. At the beginning of the sermon, I I talked a little bit about my journey of being different. And what I wanna encourage you, church, is that no matter what differences we have, what makes this church so unique is being bound in the gospel. And it is the greatest testimony of Christ to our city when we bind ourselves in that way, when we commit to his bride, no matter our differences. And so now what I, what I want to invite you guys to do, like I promised at the beginning, is you were passed a little card when you came in. And I'm going to put this uh, QR code on the screen behind me as well. And I want to invite you to the breakfast club. I want to invite you, uh, you're going to notice as you scan this on your phone right now, and I'm going to give you time in service to do it. Uh, if you scan the image behind me or you scan the card in front of you, uh, it's an invitation to a date later in October where we're going to have this gathering to talk about uh, on a Saturday, what do we believe as a church? What does it mean to be members? Now, if you sign up, we are not going to stalk you. We are not going to hold you to it. This is a choice you're making to come. And if you can't make that one, but you're interested, what I would say is fill this form out right now. And at the very bottom, there's a place for notes and just say, you know, uh, you know, can't make that date or not sure. And, and there's going to be another one. Uh, but, uh, and, and if you've already, if you know you're a member, I want to say as well, you're invited, you're welcome. We're going to recommit, retalk about these things. Uh, you don't have to come, but you're welcome as well. And if you're not sure if you're a member, if you've never gone through a membership process and you ha- if you've never been on Saturday, you never have, I know that. Because uh, we do this workshop to really talk about what is it we believe and we're committing to. So if you're not sure, I just want to encourage all of you sign up. Now, there's a lot of crickets in the 10 a.m. service, and they made my sermon look really bad. I'm kidding. I don't want any false convictions, but 
really and honestly and truthfully, if, if you feel like this is your church home, I wanna invite you right now and I'm gonna give you a, a minute to just go ahead and sign up uh, for this next step to hear what it means to be a member of Grace Bible Church. So I'll give you time to scan the code on the screen right behind me right now or right in front of you. Um, and then uh, in a few moments, I'll pray. chance to finish. There'll be a little more time or keep going. I'm going to pray for us now before we take the Lord's Supper together. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. We thank you for the work of your son, Jesus Christ, how we each have so much hope because of your great love for us. And now, Lord, as we talk about being members of your body, God, would you give us the courage to take steps to better understand what it means for us uh, to be your body and to be more committed to being your body and to care for one another and to show uh, others the way uh, as we ourselves are discovering it as we come alongside each other. So God, we give you all the praise and all the glory for your church, for this church and all the work that you're doing in all the churches of Laredo. Would you make this city new again? And would you start with us, Lord? We pray this in your name.